Welcome to Pet Sitter Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And thank you to Pet Sitters Associates and our Patreon members for supporting today's show. If you don't know what a Patreon member is, because it's a little bit of a weird word, those are people who have found value in any of the 400 episodes we've done now. And if that is you as well, if you've listened to a few and you enjoy it and you want to keep it going, you can go to PetSitterConfessional.com slash support to see all of the ways you can help to keep the podcast going. If you've read some business books or listened to some business podcasts, you've probably heard them talk about the project management triangle. It's known as the triple constraint on businesses or the iron triangle or the project triangle. It's really a model that illustrates the constraints of project management. It is usually depicted as a triangle with each of the three sides representing one of the following. So the first one is time, refers to the project schedule or the amount of time available to complete the project. It involves setting realistic timeframes and goals and really adhering to the deadlines that you have set for a particular project. The next corner of the triangle is cost. It refers to the budgeted amount for the project, whether it's big or little, it doesn't matter. It's all of the financial resources required to execute the project and complete Complete it within the budget. The last corner is the scope of the project. So these are the specific goals, the deliverables, your action items that you have, and requirements for the project. It def- it, the scope really defines what needs to be accomplished within the constraints of time and cost. And once you know these three things for any particular project, you can see how realistic it is. At the center of the triangle, there is often a fourth element, which is quality. It's not always depicted necessarily explicitly, but it is the quality that is the central concern, and it's influenced by how well the time, the scope, and the cost constraints are managed. If any one of those three constraints are altered, changed in any way, it affects the quality of the final output. So, for example, if the scope expands, basically you want to do more with whatever you had started with, that's going to require more time and or more cost to maintain the same level of quality. Another example would be reducing the cost of a project might mean a reduction in the scope or an extension of time to maintain quality. So in order to get the same product, the same output with a minimal cost, it might take you longer to do it. And then if you shorten the amount of time required, it's going to make an increase in cost by bringing in more resources, staffing up, bringing in more more training or whatever to make it go faster to maintain the same scope and quality of the project. So for instance, Colin and I were project managers on a school that was getting ready to get off the ground, a micro school. And so we had to understand all of these things, the time, the cost, and the scope. So the the director of the school had this very strict deadline that she wanted a year from now. And we said, okay, well, that's that's pretty much locked in. We are going to open next school year. Then the scope, we had to discuss with her how big she wanted the school to be, just a few students or much larger. And then the budget, was she willing to take out a loan? How much fundraising were we going to need to do? All while not sacrificing the quality of the school. We wanted this to be the best school it could possibly be. So within the constraints of it had to open within a year, 
it wanted to be, she wanted it to be 50 students. And that means we needed to increase the budget because her time was constrained. We didn't have five years to set this up and, and go brick by brick. We needed to basically throw all the money at this in order to meet the deadline. Basically, as project managers of even our business or people with work for other companies, this model is used to understand all of the trade-offs that they or those working on the project might need to make during a project, and especially important here, to communicate those potential trade-offs to everybody involved. We really think it's a useful way to approach things that come up in our business because it's not just big, big projects or big, you know, launching schools or anything like that. Day to day, we have all these constraints of I have time that I'm limited on. I only have so much money, but I want to do a lot or maybe a little with that. So how do I make that work? Yeah, because in this business, we are a people business. The dogs and cats don't pay the bills. The people do. So we deal with people all the time at meet and greets and client communication afterward, dealing with issues or they had a great experience. You know, we're, we're constantly involved with people. We are in the people business. So how does that change this triangle? Well, we call it the pet business triangle. So we instead of time, cost, and scope, we have time, money, and people. So here's how we think they integrate with one another and interact within the framework of this project. So we have time, same as the project management triangle. Here, again, time. Our concept of time is it refers to the schedule or duration needed to complete a project. So managing our time in our pet business is crucial. It's not just the, I have to get this visit done in 30 minutes. It could be, I have a deadline for taxes, or I need to get this request and processed ASAP because the visit is tomorrow. Managing our time efficiently is crucial to ensure that our project objectives are met with the established deadlines that we have. And particular to the pet business and the pet industry is the fact that our projects aren't just one visit. We can view the, them as a visit, but also think of it the total duration of a vacation visit. Like this really came to light for us over this past summer where we had a client who left for Japan for a month and a half. And we came over four times a day for a month and a half. That is a massive project to take on for somebody or, or even our senior support services that we offer where we come into assisted living facilities to care for pets that uh, their owners are in assisted, you know, assisted living or enhanced assisted or memory care. These are big, long term projects that, can, that are going to be three times a day for six months, 10 months, a year or more at a time. How do we as a business, as somebody, understand the time, not just constraints, but longevity of something that we are committing to as this project goes on? Within the project management triangle of cost, our concept in the pet business triangle is money. This aspect involves managing the budget and financial resources allocated to the project, ensuring that the goals are achieved without exceeding the budget. With the example of our client going over to Japan and us coming over four times a day, if we did not know our budget, if we didn't know how much it was, it costs us every single time us or our employees walk out the door and drive to a visit, it may have actually cost us more than it was profitable for those month and a half long visits. This is where you take into account the drive time, your time at a visit, the fuel costs, the mileage, the wear and tear on your vehicle, any supplies that you're going to have to buy to make this work. Maybe maybe you're going over and you're doing, uh, you know, you're taking care of a hobby farm for the first time. Well, your tennis shoes probably aren't going to 
account. You're not going to do well for that. So do you have to buy muck boots? Do you ha- is that something you have to purchase in order to do this one visit? Well, is the visit going to give you enough money to even pay for the muck boots required to do the visit in the first place? These constraints allow us to fully understand exactly what we're committing to. And especially with these long-term ones where people go away for a month and a half, where we're doing the senior support services, where we're coming over day in, day out. Something that we have to work with, can, can, you know, under, helping our clients understand is, if it's not profitable for me to show up the first time to your house, it's not going to be profitable for me to show up the second time or the last time to your house. So asking for a discount is totally fine. I understand that's what people come to expect and what they, you know, can be part of a bargaining maneuver. But for us, our prices are non-negotiable because we know our costs. We know that if I discount you by 30% because you're going away for a month and a half, sure, at the end of the day, the total bill is a lot of money, but it's still not going to be enough to cover our costs, our labor costs, and everything that we required to do that. So fully understanding that, that the money aspect of your business is important in this and that these big projects that come on really never go away. And then another aspect of this is also our clients have money and they have their own budget that we have to understand and account for that that impacts their decision-making process when they're working with us. And that is not our problem. We just have to go, they've got their own budget. They have their own money issues that they're dealing with. And so we present our case. We understand our financial aspects from it. They have their financial aspects of it. And if they if they work together, fantastic. If not, we have to move on. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's a business decision. It's a business transaction, just exchanging money. Yes, it's very. This is this business is very personal and relationship based, but it's also transactional. And so we shouldn't necessarily get offended just because somebody doesn't use us anymore because we've raised our prices. Maybe they just really don't have the money. They love our services, but at the end of the day, they have their own budget and we aren't in it anymore. We talked about the scope of the project management triangle, and maybe the scope is your client is going away for two months. Maybe it's just a singular visit, but we want to equate that to the pet business triangle of people, (laughs) our concept of people. And it's not necessarily a direct match, but it is relatable. People might refer to the team that you have or even just yourself, anybody who is needed to accomplish the project's objectives. This can include their skills, the expertise needed. Maybe you have a cat that requires insulin injections and you are the only one able to do that, or maybe you've trained another staff member to do that. It could also mean the productivity of the people involved. If you have a more well-skilled team, then you're probably going to be able to handle a broader scope within the same time and budget constraints. Or if you've done a a massive amount of training for people and you know, okay, we can take on this more complicated visit. The people aspect may also be relatable to your clients, our clients as a people business. Yes, we do dog walks. We take care of hedgehogs. We will clean an aquarium. But at the end of the day, there's a person that has called us who has reached out through our online form or direct message on social media that has a problem that we're trying to solve. So let's look at the people aspect as though they are our clients. And of this, there are four aspects that we need to keep in mind. There's the client satisfaction and retention. There's client engagement and communication. Then there's customization and personalization. And finally, quality of service and deliverables. And each one of these is related to the time and the money, that cost aspect that we've already talked about. So client satisfaction and retention. When we're relating this to the time component, this can refer to the timeliness of delivering your project or your service. So this is you showing up on time 
for the meet and greet. This is you showing up when you say that you're going to be there and you're staying for the duration of that total visit when you're taking care of the cat. Even if the client says, I only need a quick 10 to 15 minute visit, but your standard is 30, you continue to stay for 30 because that matches up with the integrity of your business. The money aspect relates to client satisfaction and retention because your budget or the cost associated with meeting the client's requirements means that you can ensure that their expectations are met without overshooting the financial resources that you have for the total budget of the project. What does this mean? Okay, let's go back to that example or another example of, let's say you normally only do solo walks for dogs, but a client reaches out to you and says, well, I have three dogs and I'd like them walked all at the same time. And you commit to that but you don't have the gear necessary to make that walk work or feasible for you. So you go and you spend a bunch of money on gear for this visit, but you're not bringing in enough resources to make that, that, that feasible for you for that visit, meaning that you've overshot those and probably aren't meeting their expectations anyway because you've never done this before. And so you've spent a lot of money, you've gone over budget to make this project work, when in the end, we probably should have just said no in the first place. However, if you know that this is going to be a good repeat client that is directly in your service area is not going to cost you a whole lot aside from the equipment to do this, that would be a good way to increase your client satisfaction and retention that they're going to keep coming back if they have neighbors that also want this or if you know that this person, this client is well connected in the community and is going to give your name a good referral, then yes, it may be okay to invest in that equipment. The second aspect of our clients are their engagement and communication. So when it comes to how time influences this, this is where regular and timely communication with our clients builds the rapport and fosters a healthy working relationship and trust with them. Always sending those updates, those amazing photographs, checking the check boxes, sending the videos, not just when you're at the visit, but when anything else comes up during the visit or checking in ahead of time. So if your software doesn't do this or if you just want to do it on your own anyway, sending that pre-flight email to them before they leave saying, hi. Uh, it's 24 hours before I'm supposed to start my first visit. Can't wait to see Fluffy and Baxter. Don't forget, here are the things that we discussed that you need to do of shutting the door, setting, plugging in the, the feelway diffuser, uh, blocking the entrance, setting out your additional backup key or whatever that is, sending that to them so that they can go, oh, right, yep, yep, here are these things. This is timely. It's necessary, not just timeliness as in I just, I'm telling you something when I told you I was going to tell you it, but also I need this information right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm also getting the, the, the detail and the data necessary to make this actually work for us. The money aspect relates to the engagement and communication in that when we invest in client engagement strategies like a CRM, these actually enhance the client ex experience, but involve costs to make that happen. So we want to give them a good experience. We want to keep them engaged. So we're going to go and spend money on this software to make that happen. So it's not a $0 input. We have to find a balance between investment and value derived from improving our relationships to make sure that we're not over-allocating. We don't have this big, massive CRM or this big, massive um, ad spend or engagement on Facebook when really we could get away or do more with actually spending a little bit less and stay within budget. This could also even mean hosting a client appreciation event. And if you don't want to rent out a building for that, you can simply meet at a park. You'll have to contact your parks and rec department to find out the exact limitations of that if you need to pay for it. Or fill out forms. <laughs> yeah. But that's a great way to say, hey, thank you for using my business. I appreciate you. 
they will feel valued because of that. Something that brings a lot of value to you is Pet Sitters Associates. As pet care professionals, your clients trust you to care for their furry family members. And that's why Pet Sitters Associates is here to help. For over 20 years, they've provided thousands of members with quality pet care insurance. Because you work in the pet care industry, you can take your career to the next level with flexible coverage options, client connections, and complete freedom in running your business. Learn why Pet Sitters Associates is the perfect fit for you and get a free quote at PetsitLLC.com. You can use the discount code CONFESSIONAL when you go to checkout to get $10 off. Check out the benefits of membership and insurance once again at PetsitLLC.com. In relating time and money back to our clients who we are serving, it can really ultimately be the personalization and customization of our services, which is crucial because that is really kind of our bread and butter of saying, we can make this walk how you want it to. We can make the visit how Fluffy needs it to be and customize it that one-on-one personalized attention and care which takes time. It takes time to understand the client preferences and needs and offering these customized solutions, but it can also enhance that satisfaction of the client of saying, oh, I don't get this with any other sitter because they, this person understands my needs and my wants and and ultimately understands my pet. It can also mean the money aspect of offering these services might sometimes involve additional costs. If you want to do a Christmas photo shoot with the dogs that you take on walks and have them wear a little Santa outfit, that may require you to buy certain items. It can really be about balancing the level of customization with the costs associated to maintain the profitability while also satisfying the client's needs. The last aspect of how we impact our clients is through the quality of service. And with the time and money aspect, that can mean that it's often influenced in order to make sure that it's high quality. It can require more time or financial resources, which some clients might be willing to accommodate for more of an outcome, for a better dog walk, for a better cat visit. This is where seeking out additional training, attending, uh, you know, getting pet first aid and CPR certification or going to different conferences, networking with other individuals, whatever that means, or just brainstorming on how you want to elevate the service to your clients. There will be clients who would like that for their pets and they are willing to give more money or have you spend more time to make that happen. You may be listening to all of this and thinking, well, I'm but I'm not a project manager, right? People aren't coming to me with this big thing that they're trying to get done. But you are. In running your business, in pet sitting and dog walking, the things that you do for your clients are our projects. And we think of them across all different scales. Everything from a specific feeding regime and how we manage that to a particular visit to the entire duration of a vacation client to the long-term management of the project of daily dog walks and beyond we have to fully understand the relationship between the time, between the money, and between the people aspects of everything that gets put onto our plate. So to kind of walk through how this works, let's say you get a request from somebody who is going to be gone for a particular weekend. We should approach this with this mindset of this particular triangle to help us understand and judge how we are going to get our hands around exactly what is not just expected, but also required of us and whether we are able to take that on or not. It's not merely a decision of, are they in my service area? Or do I like this person? Or do they have a cool pet that I want to take on? There's a lot more that goes into this. And this process is is formalizing it down to these three constituent components that are interrelated to one another. So somebody contacts you for a vacation 
visit? Well, the time aspect, okay, the time is both how long are they going to be away, but also how long are my, my visits with them? How long do I need to do that? In order to answer that, we have to get back to asking questions back to the people. And this is where we understand their expectations and what they are looking for and going, okay, uh, tell me about the pets that you have. What kind of care do they need? Do they have any medications? How are they around strangers? How will they do getting into the yard? Will they come to me when I am calling them? Do they tend to hide or whatever that is? Or do they have extensive feeding requirements and feeding regimes that I have to adhere to? Otherwise, something is going to happen. All of those expectations will dictate your time at a particular visit. Now, as Megan mentioned earlier, many of us have minimum time requirements of that 30 minutes, but given what you are expected to do, that may need to lengthen if you can't fit it all within that time frame. Then we go to the cost aspect, and now we start talking about how much does it cost me to get there? If I have staff, that's one particular cost, but even if you are solo, you have costs associated with that. You have the, the wear and tear in your car, you have the gas, you have the insurance, you have your, your software if you have that, or the supplies it takes for you to get there. And whether all of the costs are going to outweigh what you're going to get back from this financially is something that you have to make sure that you have nailed down. And then you have to understand that the client in themselves has a budget that they are expecting to stay within or understand the value of. Now, we have no control over that. Ultimately, we don't, we, there's nothing we, we can do with that. But we do have to understand that, that that is a real thing in this whole discussion. And then we circle back to the people aspect of this. Okay, understanding what their expectations are of us, understanding do I have, for me personally, as a person, do I have the skills, the expertise, do I have the training, do I have the gear, do I have what I need to actually make this work? If you have staff, do they have what they need? Do they need something else? Maybe if you're going for an extended, extended period where you're going over like we did for a month and a half, close to two months, coming over four times a day at you know everything from 6 a.m. down to 9.30 p.m. to make that work. Do you have enough people to make that work without burning any one of them particular out? Do you need to staff up to make this work? That's the process we went through when we started taking on our senior support services. We had to staff up to make sure that these three visits a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, didn't burn out any one particular person. And we approached this from the team approach. That personal aspect is where we have to start and end in our discussions with our clients. Because at the end of the day, there's a person on the other end of the line calling us, texting us, who needs help, who is looking for us to help save them from a predicament that they have found themselves, or needing us to give them peace of mind and absolution to go on that call. When we lose sight of that aspect, we lose sight of the kind of care and the service that we're actually providing to people in our community. And so by focusing back on that people aspect, by elevating that to the first and the last in our triad there as we walk through, what's the person's expectations? Given that person's expectations, what's the time requirement for me to do this? Now, what's my budget, my personal business budget? What financially do I need to commit to make that time work to meet this person's expectations? And then what kind of people, expertise, training do I need to make that work to meet that person's expectations? As we walk through those steps, you'll start to see a pattern in understanding of things that are going to work for you and that just don't work for you. Because don't forget, in the center of all of that is quality. 
and you have a high level of quality of care for the pets that you see every single day. That quality is something that we refuse to lessen, decrease in any way, shape, or form. We refuse to change that. And so because of that, how does that impact the time required to meet that quality, the finances, the money required to meet that quality, and the expectations and the people power to make that actually work? We are effectively managing the relationship between the people, the time, and the money to achieve the the project that we have set in order to develop that long-term relationship and those repeat clients that we all want to have that quality. Because remember, that's at the center of the triangle here between time, money, and people is the quality of the outcome. The right combination of these, of, of skilled people, the, the appropriate time, and then the appropriate financial investment can contribute to the high quality of the visits that you do and can help you elevate your business above everybody else. Because nobody wants to compromise any of these aspects or the potential quality because that is going to lead your business into possible negative reviews. In a much broader sense, this time, people, money, just this pet business triangle concept can really be seen as a real world application of that project management triangle where we are continuously needing to balance the critical resources that we have that are limited in every aspect. We don't have all the money in the world. We don't have all the time in the world. And for the people aspect, we don't have all the staff. We can't be in all the same places. And we have clients that we're needing to serve as well because we want to achieve these high quality outcomes. We want to do the best that we possibly can for our clients. And sometimes we feel like we are kind of running uphill to make that happen. When we understand the interdependencies here and the trade offs between the time that we have, the people we're working with or for, and the money, we can make better and more informed decisions and navigate the complexities of executing high quality pet visits and dog walks for our clients. We would love to know how you execute this pet business triangle in your own business. If you would like to share, you can do so at feedback at petsitterconfessional.com or look us up on Facebook and Instagram at petsitterconfessional. Thank you for taking your time and listening to this today. We hope that you have found it valuable and maybe learned something new. Thank you also to Pet Sitters Associates for sponsoring today's episode. We will talk with you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.